Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Dr. Judy here. Dr. Judy WTF. And I've been out for a while, so it's nice to be back in the studio live and not uh, a rerun. Uh, Tonight's topic is a, a very significant one because I see a lot of people who are dating and having casual sex and end up on my couch, heartbroken, reactivated, re-triggered in many, many negative core beliefs. And so the topic tonight is narcissism, dating, and casual sex. And this is a call-in show, everybody, so please feel free to call in. 323-843-2826. And before we get started, I want to introduce you to the Psychological Healing Center, which is located in three offices, home office, uh, an office on uh, Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks, and another office in Beverly Hills. And we do a lot of Skype therapy. So for those of you who want to take this mind map journey to healing, then please contact us and we will definitely assign you to a therapist of your choice and budget. And good news, we have a new life coach in training and the life coach's low low fee. So please contact us regarding him and we will get you started no matter, pretty much no matter what your budget, but we do have to honor everybody and respect their their time. So uh, the mind map is something that I created as a way to unravel childhood wounds, how we react to them, and how these childhood wounds encode into the fiber of our being. And as a result of this encoding, which is nonverbal, verbal messages being told by us, by our, our parents primarily, and other people who are significant to us, they go in like, I call it a psychovirus, and this, vi- this psychovirus generates in our brain and just keeps the broken record going and then uh, is easily triggered by uh, people insults, injuries, breakups, so on, and uh, human disconnect, which is uh, something that takes place in many forms. So starting with mother-infant-father-infant disconnect, the original disconnects have to do with themes like physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, emotional abuse, smothering, neglect. Okay, so those are the main ones. And the mind map is a system of healing designed to break it all down 
and regroup on um, a new shift out of all of the mess and chaos. And so let me just quickly go through it for those of you who do not know what I'm talking about, if you can see it up there. The mind map is designed to address the past, which is the top three panels, the middle, which is the middle three panels, and uh, the middle represents the crazy of today, and then the bottom part of the mind map represents the paradigm shift into uh, healing and unity, and that's obviously where we want to go. So tonight, our topic is narcissism, and I want to start with the narcissist and dating and how to recognize if you're dating a narcissist or somebody who is narcissistically inclined and who would be the people who would most probably date someone who is self-centered and demeaning and devaluing and uh, using your energy. So we'll get into all that. And uh, if you have had that experience and you're withdrawing from the symptoms of narcissism, uh, it just happens to be our specialty. We have a lot of people on the team who work with narcissistic recovery. Yitz Epstein, our life coach, has a um, narcissist abuse recovery group that he holds in webinar form every two weeks. And you can contact the clinic regarding that. And he's going to be doing more webinars for people who are caught in this trap. So the purpose of tonight's discussion is to make sure that you're not caught in a bad web of abuse and that you don't get your head spun around by someone who's trying to manipulate you and love bomb you into uh, a relationship and then Uh, exit and take, well, let's use the word, rip your heart out with the, uh, the, with, with the end of the, at the end of the relationship. And again, this is a call-in show. So I know that there are a lot of people out there who have suffered by entering into relationships with people who are uh, demeaning, devaluing, um, objectifying humans and treat dating as if it were a sport and not a way to connect with another human being to form a lasting, loving bond, which is the purpose of healthy dating. So um, let's talk about five red flags and blind spots in dating a narcissist. And this is a an article by Darlene Lancer, JD, MFT. I guess she's got a lot of experience. She probably works with divorced couples or divorcing couples, and she has uh, experience as a marriage family therapist. Um, People are drawn to narcissists because they can be charming and charismatic. Have you noticed that? In fact, one study showed that their likable veneer was only penetrable after seven meetings. Seven meetings. That's a long time to... Uh, start idealizing a person and put putting them up on a pedestal. I've had a number of clients who claimed that the courtship with their narcissist spouse was wonderful and that abuse only began following the wedding. However, with greater insight, these clients admitted that there were signs that they'd overlooked. So let's talk about why anyone would want to overlook signs. Well, for one, if you meet somebody, whether it be a female or a male, 
uh, they might be very good looking and they may have uh, an awful lot to offer socially, monetarily, uh, talent-wise, sexually, and so on. So who would want to pass that up? So the point is, is that when we see something good, we will make um, mental excuses for them. So if the person is good looking and charming and popular and well-to-do and so on and so forth, then, uh, well, okay, so they didn't tip the waiter very well or they, uh, they, they fired their housekeeper when the housekeeper broke a vase or I can go on and on and on about examples. So, so it's easy to overlook because usually the human desire is very strong to have something good in their life, good money, good looks, and so on and so forth. However, the good, oftentimes in these uh, 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 scenarios, off, uh, uh, start unraveling. So by unraveling, I mean that the exposure process begins. And this exposure process, as Darlene Lancer says, sometimes doesn't reveal itself for about seven dates. Now, I can't say that I've counted, but I can't say that my patients have counted how many dates. However, it uh, takes a while for them to catch on, but there are always signs. So these are the blind spots when dating a narcissist. Number one, as I mentioned, sexual attraction. There's a lot that people overlook when the chemistry is really strong. The greater the physical attraction and sexual intensity, the easier it is to ignore red flags. Individuals who can see Auras maintain the sexual energy, literally obfuscates mentally and emotional energy. This is why lust is blind. And so when the the energy of sexuality is high, then we tend to um, block our rational thinking and we listen to our bodies, we listen to our hormones, particularly when uh, we're younger and there's, there's, a, there's a, a hormone in the body called oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. And then uh, upon sexual arousal and, and, and orgasm, a lot of um, serotonin is released. A lot of uh, love horm- hormones, bonding hormones are released. And um, particularly with women, younger women who are uh, ovulating, menstruating, in particular, they have a higher um, propensity to bond chemically with a man. It, it also happens with men. Sometimes it happens the reverse in that men that are older may have more of a, a estrogen base and then they tend to bond easier um, with women. So definitely we don't want to have our sexual chemistry leading the relationship and lead us, leading us on a course of destruction because we will overlook a lot. The second is seduction, which is similar to the sexual chemistry. Narcissistic people are skilled manipulators. Some can be quite seductive and not just sexually. They may be adept listeners and communicators or allure you with flattery, self-disclosure, and vulnerability, just the opposite of what you might think a narcissist 
uh, would behave like. But in this case, all of this is a, an example of an act or a false self or manipulation, if you will. So um, going back to the mind map and the five childhood wounds, let's start connecting the dots and seeing why people might be vulnerable. So as I say in my book, Be the Cause, Healing Human Disconnect, which, by the way, all of you can have a copy of, and it's um, uh, readily uh, available via PDF form. You can also order it on Amazon. And, uh, and for those of you who do not know, I also have a mind map video series, which you can purchase so that it breaks, I break it all down for you. And then you can go through this process via the, um, the video series. So going back to panel one and these childhood wounds, the parents set the bar. So if parents are manipulative, if parents are controlling, if parents use their children as objects, then it's easier for the person later on in life to be vulnerable to these kinds of manipulations because it's going to feel very, very familiar and familial. Now, I'm just reminding you that I have a lot of people as we speak in therapy because they are going through a breakup, uh, because they... um, Uh, have overlooked the signs because they wanted to overlook the signs because they fell in love with the person and figured that the in love feeling was more important than the integrity of the relationship. Um, The reason I'm going to talk about casual sex, sex without commitment, is because there are a lot of people, as we know, who enter into a casual relationship only to find that they're treated casually and easily disposable. And this is very painful, particularly when uh, we have history of parents using us in an objectified uh, manner. So if we are raised by parents who objectify us, if we're raised by parents who are manipulative and lack empathy, and um, if there's a mother-infant disconnect, which is defined by a parent or parents who put themselves before their children, who don't give their children the psychological uh, nutrients, if you will, to uh, properly bond and form a healthy human psyche. And I'm referring now to Dr. John Bowlby, who is the father of attachment theory, and he talks about The basic ingredients for mental health, which are ideally breastfeeding, stay-at-home mom, uh, a a nurturing environment, uh, a father, secondary caregiver who uh, nurtures the mother so that she can stay home and do her breastfeeding and mirroring of her baby and uh, it, it takes a lot of this kind of attunement. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. To your child to form a healthy human psyche. If this does not happen, then the the plan B would be just to use people as objects. So the person, instead of being valued for who he or she is, would be valued for what he or she does for you. And if they don't do for you, then they're fired or there's going to be a better game in town and or shinier object. Uh, we've all heard of the shiny object syndrome, something that I elaborate on in the Mind Map video series. And the phenomenon is about objective find people to the point where if something better comes along, well, why not? Why not just pass on the one you have and um, invest in the better and uh, let the other just basically go? So these are some of the dynamics of of these kinds of relationships. And this the third aspect of a blind spot when dating a narcissist, according to this article, is idealization. Often narcissists are very accomplished, successful, good-looking, beautiful, powerful, multi-talented, as I mentioned, and it's easy to idealize them. And once you have put them up on that pedestal, um, it's hard to take them down because then you start building a fantasy about your life with them. Wow, when I'm married to this man or woman, wow, I'm going to have all of these benefits of money and power. And uh, because I'm kind of borrowing off of their life and benefits, I'm going to be enhanced by it. So you could see that it's more about what they can do for you rather than who we are. Uh, I want to qualify that. Doesn't mean that we we wouldn't be attracted to people who are successful. I think there's a, a sense of, of, of Obviously, we would. We'd be attracted to someone attractive and successful and so on. But we start crossing the lines when we don't have intimacy with the person that we're with. When we're looking at them as a shopping list of what they can do for you. That's where the problem comes in. Uh, So especially people who have low self-esteem and are codependent have more of a tendency to um, to bond with people who are easily uh, idealized. And this is a Collins show, and I love Collins. And please pick up the phone, get on the couch, and dial in at 323-843-2826. So people with low self-esteem, how does this happen? So let's move on with the mind map and see what happens to people who are raised with um, narcissistic parents who put themselves before their children and create an atmosphere of what can you do for me? Who can you be for me? How can you serve me? How can you reflect 
uh, a better image of the family for me. There are a lot of me words in here. And so there, these people are already used to this kind of a way of being in the world. So therefore, they will um, grow up with um, core beliefs such as um, I'm only valuable for what I do or um, I'm never enough or um, let me see what other core beliefs would fall into people who are raised by narcissistic parents. Uh, they may believe that their duty is to serve others at the expense of themselves. So in a sense, they're groomed already for this narcissistic partner. And when the narcissistic partner tests the uh, person out for their vulnerability, they may test them for uh, how compliant they are, how quick they're able to take down, they're willing to take down their boundaries, particularly their sexual boundaries. Uh, They're testing to see how uh, gullible they are and perhaps even throw in a few lies here and there about their income or the jet that they're flying across the world that doesn't exist and so on and so forth. So um, I think we have a call-in. So just to finish the thought, um, you can see how these people are going to be prone. And hello, you are on the couch. Hello, Dr. Judy. So glad I got through. I'm so glad you got through, too. And what is your name, please? Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Have we spoken before? No, we haven't. This is the first time. Okay, well, thank you for calling in. And where are you calling from? I'm calling from Texas. Okay, so what is going on with you, and what is attracting you to this particular show? And um, please feel free to ask me many, many questions. Okay. Um, I come from a narcissistic family background, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm in my late 40s, and I tend to only be attracted to these types of men who are kind of the alpha male type okay, and highly narcissistic. And I tend to get into uh, romantic relationships with men who lie to me and cheat on me and, (laughs) you know, all the typical narcissistic behaviors. Okay, so let's track let's track your your family of origin. And when you say that you come from narcissistic parents, could you describe a little bit more about how they are fitting the demeaning, the the valuing, the using, the uh, putting themselves before their own children um, template? Sure, um, my parents were. Well, I had two stepmothers, and I had my mom and dad, and they were all very attractive people. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a my dad was a professional athlete, mm-hmm. and um, he he comes from a very uh, macho kind of alpha male type background. Okay, um, and and my mother and my stepmothers were all you know very uh, very attractive and pretty superficial and. Um, very, very self-absorbed, like my dad. Okay. So that's what that's the type of people I was raised by. Okay. So the two, the, there was your mother and then your stepmother. You were also raised by your stepmother. Yes, I had two stepmothers actually, okay. and they were it, they were very, very abusive in their own right. In um, what way? My mom, 
my mom left me. She actually gave me up after she divorced my dad when I was a year old. Just wow. decided she did not want to be a mother anymore. Okay. So that kind of gives you an idea of how focused on their own lives <laughs> that they, you know, she was. Yeah, can't get any more focused and discarding than that. She 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 actually discarded you. So do you so do you see I, how you were set up I'm to be discarded? Right. I'm her only child, mm-hmm. and then my dad was was pretty much, I'd say he was a womanizer. You know, he always had different women and girlfriends that were in and out of my life Mm -hmm. growing up. Okay. And my dad was very highly critical of me, how I looked, my intelligence. I mean, he just would attack me on pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I tend to be attracted to men who, once I'm in a relationship with them, you know, they're very flirtatious, they cheat, they lie. You know, there's always another woman in the picture, or if not a few. So that's kind of what what I attract. Okay, you know? and so from the beginning you see this, or, or is that uh, unfolding over time, as the article that I was referring to points out? Does it take about seven, eight dates to see the character, or is it just right there on their sleeve from day one? Well, they're they're good looking guys, so I mean I know that they're they can attract other women, but initially they're very they're usually very charming, like we talk about. They're very good to me and very romantic and mm-hmm. charming. There's a lot of attraction, but then as the relationship progresses, that's when I start to see the red flags, you know, okay. with the flirtation mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, secrets, lying. Okay, so how far in would you say a month, two months, several dates, a handful oh, of dates? Um, probably pretty soon, you know, two to three months maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. You start to see the, some signs. And, and what I'm struggling with, Dr. Judy, is that I find that I'm not attracted to any, and of course I'm in my late 40s, so it's going to be hard to break now, but I find that I'm not attracted to any other type of man. I like, I like very... Uh, masculine men, mm-hmm. um, alpha male types, and I'm like, that's all I'm attracted to. Like, I will go for a few years and not date or be in a relationship because I don't find anything that I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. But when I am attracted to someone and I, and I fall hard for them, it's just a disaster, you know? Yes. <laughs> There's somebody that's really bad for me. Okay, so let, let's make a distinction between a male and a man, Okay. So a male is a male, you know, they have genitals and they look like men and so on. Doesn't mean that they're evolved people. And it doesn't mean that they're psychologically um, sound or uh, psychologically evolved or evolving. Now, a man, a, a healthy man, is a man who has character. A male may have characteristics of charm. They may have a good personality. However, they lack an essential piece, which is their character. Okay, so one is sustainable. If you look at panel number three, which is the DNA strand, uh, what your parents built was a very unsustainable family system because everything was falling apart. People were cheating. Uh, love was built on beauty and fame and sports and so on. And this, there's no way that house of cards is going to stand up. Okay? Make sense? 
make sense. Okay, so what if you met a man who was a protector, a man who believed in monogamy, a man who was successful and used his sexual energy to bond with a wonderful, good-hearted uh, uh, human being who was uh, capable of cre- co-creating, um, I call it, um, synergy. Synergy. Synergy is the one plus one equals three ph- phenomenon, meaning that you and he together are better than just you alone or him alone. How? What do you think? What do you think? Would you like a man like that? I would love to, to meet someone like that. Would, would you be less attracted to that person because he was focused on you and because he had values and uh, believed in monogamy and believed in family and believed in keeping the energy inside the relationship? Is that not attractive? Well, that's a really good question, and I've, I've asked myself this before. It, you know, it's almost as if, Dr. Judy, I, I'm kind of attracted almost to that danger Okay, so let's talk about why, because this is the age-old phenomenon. I call it the WTF, the what the Freud. What the Freud is happening here? Why is this lovely woman who is uh, offering her heart and her body, oftentimes the body is offered up, correct, before commitment, yes? That's true. Right. Okay, so why is this person offering up the best of her best in terms of her heart and her sexuality and her uh, her bonding to this man before this man has her heart and mind and body and soul uh, uh, in, p- protected? Why? Why yeah. is this happening? You know, that's a good question. Um I'm not sure. Okay, so let's go back. Know. Let's go back to your panel one wounds. We're we're mind mapping this, and we're going back to your mm-hmm. father, correct? Who was a cheater? Right. Yeah, right. and your right. stepmothers, who also probably were very beautiful, and maybe even offered up their body to uh, your father before the commitment was there. Perhaps they had very low low bars for um, being cherished and uh, respected in in their in the monogamy area. Does that sound familiar? That that's probably all correct. Okay, so now we have familiar, we have familial, and we have something called sexualizing the person to that dynamic. So if you're orgasming to that dynamic, if you're orgasming to the guy and you know that he cheats, you're sort of bonding yourself. It's, a, it's, it's creating a toxic bond to that situation. You might even fantasize him with other women. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that might be stimulating. It might even be very stimulating to know that you're prettier than that other woman or more popular than that other woman. So instead of becoming a love, love bond... It becomes this toxic bond. Do you see? I do see. Okay. So then the sexualization is, in a sense, held hostage to this uh, system gone wrong. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So how do we get out of this hot mess, so to speak, literally? How we get out of it is that we have to go back and deconstruct the first few years of life. And we have to take inventory on all of the wounds of childhood, how they got there, who done it, what your blueprint is, and locate your negative core belief, because out of that comes conclusions about yourself. You might conclude that you're not important enough. You know, why would he have broken up up with me? Maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not thin enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not something enough. Okay, so can you begin to see that we have within us these horrible core beliefs? Make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Okay, and so now, as a result of these core beliefs that were put in us from our blueprint, which is our parents, we come out having a propensity to um, be re-triggered and be yeah, to play out the whole game once again in the what the Freud manner. So what do we do? We attract the person that's most like our father, most like our mother, most like our family dynamic. And we're doing it because I I keep saying this again and again in my book and on other shows too. It's not that we're stupid. It's that we want to complete this horrible game and finally find true love and acceptance. Except that if we're trying to find it with the nice guy, right, then we haven't won the game because there's no challenge there. But if we get it with the bad boy or the bad girl, then we get it because we have met our, our, our imago match, so to speak, and now we're in the game with the injurer and now we turn the injurer into a nice, loyal guy that's going to commit to us. That rarely happens, correct? That's correct. Okay. And so the whole thing is just going to spin out of control again, and it'll happen over and over again. Okay, so any questions so far? I know I said a mouthful here, but go ahead and Uh ask questions. So so you're saying that that we're attracted to these individuals because... It's about the challenge? Yes, it's about the incompletion, that there's unfinished business there. The unfinished business is your little girl who never got to have daddy's 
true love who never got to see daddy committed to mommy and the family, including you. And so you're going to get plan B daddy, okay, next daddy, uh, or daddy energy, daddy configuration, and you're going to play the same thing out with that person, hoping that this time around, this person who is the popular, good-looking, narcissistic male will finally heal you. Wow, that makes so much sense. Right, and and what's the likelihood of that happening? (laughs) Slim to none. Slim to none. I know a lot of people, I see them online over and over again, and they're on round three or four of their relationship I will call it not a relationship. They're probably in a relation, S-H-I-T, not a relation, S-H-I-P, okay? Because that's what they create. And so, again, how do we get out of this horrendous WTF? We've got to go back to the cause. We have to go back to our childhood wounds and how we got templated in the first place and confront those wounds in therapy. And that's what the mind map is is uh, designed to do, is to take us back so that we could reboot the system into healing and we can have new boundaries that protect us and choose people who are truly going to have our back, mind, body, and soul. And, and then, then act, act in accordance with what we want. So that means better boundaries means weeding out people who don't treat us with respect and maybe closing our legs and not allowing men or women, I'm I'm including both groups here, to use our bodies casually without a commitment to the human soul. We're not sardines. We're not built to be uh, throwaways. We can't just have sex with somebody and then decide, ah, well, they're not pretty enough. Next, and have sex with somebody else. Well, we'll see how that goes. Okay, so the see how that goes part is the bond that is now created to them. Okay, maybe mutually, but if they're manipulative, then they're creating the bond and then you're on the hook and then they have a new bond going with the other woman on the side and maybe another third or fourth one and then that way they get to see who's going to be most um, satisfying to them and play all three of you how would you like to be part of that orchestra no desire to be part of that part of me no desire okay so how (laughs) no desire no desire so how do we avoid this tragedy because people literally suicide over this i've had people in my office who couldn't stand the breakup and they didn't know that their boyfriend or husband was leading a double life or or more than that that you know i've had people who have told me that that they didn't know that their their boyfriend was actually married or they didn't know that their uh, girlfriend was uh, still living with her husband or they didn't know and they didn't know and they didn't know. Well, how come they don't know? Well, they didn't know that person very well. Because why? Uh, they didn't take their time and, and they got involved with someone that wasn't honest with them. Right, and they also probably went too quickly, idealized the person, got sexually involved uh, quickly, and so 
They were, again, in a hostage situation. I call childhood a hostage situation. I also called a toxic love bond a hostage situation because it's very, very hard to get out of a situation where you're in, your heart is in, and yet the other per- person's not really there at all. They're they're playing and toying with your heart. They're playing and toying with your body and your sexuality, but they're not there. They can leave in a heartbeat. Exactly. Right? Okay. And then you're at the effect of it. And it's very toxic. It's very poisonous. It's worse than heroin withdrawal going through something like this. Okay. And it's so, it's so soulfully irresponsible to another human being to draw them in like that and then spit them out at, at whim. Now, I understand. Yeah. It it really, it really should be a crime, Dr. Judy. It should be a what? It should be a crime. What these people I, do. I'm not debating that. But see, people yeah. in our society in particular think that sex can be a fun, casual sport. Well, I'm not going to say for maybe it can for some people. For most people and most people that I see in the treatment room, it's just not a sport. You know, I know your father was a... Uh, an athlete, but sex is not a sport, okay? Because there's just, we're such sensual, sensitive beings. And so that when we get to the point where we want to merge our mind, body, and soul with somebody, we're letting down our permeable, our, our, our membranes, and we're merging with them. And when we merge with them, we have a level of trust where we feel that we can feel safe and let go and be loved and it's okay and then when it bites you in the in the butt literally and figuratively speaking you turn around and what what's that text on my girlfriend's phone or my boyfriend's phone what what is that bill uh regarding a restaurant in 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 las vegas what what's that massage parlor that my my husband was at i mean this is these are the the things that come up in the therapeutic uh in uh, in the office and it's devastating and it breaks trust and then for you know the rest of the relationship people are struggling to repair the trust and to grow through it and 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 they can i'm not saying you cannot grow through this and regain trust and sometimes come out a more evolved person. It's just that it's so painful. And then so much paranoia gets built up around it. So yes, I think it it, it should be a crime because look, if you steal somebody's wallet, you can go to jail, right? Right. But what about if you steal somebody's heart and soul and deliberately lie to them and manipulate them and betray them? into thinking that you're there and that you love them, and then you just toss them away. What, what about yeah. that? There's nothing worse. <laughs> nothing worse. There's a, I'd rather have my wallet stolen. You know, I'm not that attached to my wallet. I do easily attach to human and especially dogs, you know, and just <laughs> wouldn't want any level of betrayal. It's too painful. So what do we do about it is we have to heal our childhood wounds so that we don't become nice um, uh, prey for people like this. And we have to heal to the point where we lose our taste buds for these people. That's the key because 
because when we call them men, I call them little boys. When we call them sexy, in my mind, they're betrayers. When other people think that they're they're amazing, I think they're losers and weak and out of integrity. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. Right? And it takes two to tango. So the woman who is playing into this deck of cards also has her issues, which are love me, love me, love me, I'll do anything for you. Okay? So there's the codependent. Uh, so why does that happen? Just like what I said, because you've watched your father cheat, you've watched your stepmothers um, at the effect of your father's cheating, you've had a mother who tossed you away and made you, I'm sure, feel like you are disposable. So this is your template. Understood? Understood. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So anytime you want to contact me at the Psychological Healing Center, please do. Okay. And as I mentioned to everyone, we have a a staff of people who help journey through this so that there's a a staff member for everyone. And uh, we try to stay fee sensitive if you need more of a sliding scale situation please ask and we'll match you with somebody. Uh, And in the meantime, just understand that by your participating in this system gone wrong, you're actually reinforcing these people. Okay. Okay. And when you say no to them, when you say to no, no to them, your self-esteem, I promise you is going to start going up. And these people who are looking for lower-hanging fruit are going to go away because you're just not going to be a lower-hanging fruit. Okay. Okay, so start defining what a man is in your head. A man is not a cheater. A man is not somebody who uses women casually and tosses them aside. That's not a man. That's an immature, uh, 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 injured individual who, um, who has a lot of issues. I agree with you, Dr. Judy. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I do appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for sharing with with me in the audience. Uh Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. So back to a very sensitive topic, casual sex. Um, This is not coming from a moral or any kind of a judgmental place. It's, it's, it's my experience as a psychologist that most of the time, and I, 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 would, I would say we're just not sardines. We're not made that way. Um, we're not made to get close and then be tossed aside. We're not made to open up our bodies and start bonding with somebody just to uh, know down the line that we're not this enough for them or that enough for them. If you want to know if you're enough for somebody or if they're enough for you, what about getting to know them? What about bonding on another level, bonding uh, intellectually, bonding spiritually, and then see? And we have another call in. So, hi, you are on the couch. And who am I speaking to? Uh, Blake. Hi, Blake. How are you doing? Good. How are you? You've called before, yes? Is this your first time calling? No, I called in a couple times. Okay, nice to talk uh, to you. 
So what what uh, what's on your mind tonight? How are you relating to the subject? Um, well, um, I when I had people working for me, I, I had to deal with a lot of narcissists, and um, they usually give you know they give they'll give you something and uh, show you know sort of um, you know do some good stuff and all that. Yeah. But then you know really in the long run, they just you know take advantage and. And then I really had a lot of problems with a, a few of them where you're like, what, what, what would happen is if things didn't seem to go his way and I was like, he felt like I wasn't listening to him. Right. He would have like an out, like a, like a sort of like a, you know, an output of, um, and you know, they get really like, you know, but to me he's, 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 not, he's just a fake person because um, he's trying to intimidate me or he just has, a, he can't even control himself really because it's just not going his way. Okay, so if you don't go his way, then he's going to antagonize and uh, demean, devalue you like that? Yeah, well, he just has, well, the attitudes and all that. But then, then what it, the trouble is, is when he, when he finally, he screwed up and scratched some stuff, so it took me eight hours to fix it. So when he came over, I said, you can't work here anymore. This is like, you've, you've ruined too many stuff here. Okay. He started bawling like baby like well because you confronted him (laughs) you confronted him if you don't mind blake because the topic is dating and 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 casual sex and narcissism have you have you seen this in your dating life where uh even women do this i know most women think of men as the narcissist but there are women who uh will use and abuse and toss aside and casualize and demean a man have you had this experience in the uh, romantic sector of your life as well. Uh, when I was younger, yeah. Um, okay. You, know, you date somebody and they, you know, they're all nice and everything, and then next thing you know, they're, you know, dating somebody else, but they don't tell you and all that kind of stuff. Okay, and I but, think a, a fair way to to date is to let people know if you're if you're if you're getting close to a person it's only fair to ask them if they're dating other individuals and i know it takes a few dates to get to to the point where you want to date somebody exclusively but i think fair exchange of information is vital so if both of you are dating others okay fine you're dating others it's just that at some point when you want to concentrate on one individual, it would be nice to know that you're on the same page. And um, I wanted to know your thoughts. What do you What do you think about, as a man, what do you think about casual sex and the casualties that result from casual sex? Well, like this is, well, casual sex is a very dangerous thing because of all the, all the things going on. Um, and I, like I know, you know, like, good-looking people like they they use they use their looks to get what they are where they want to be so there's yes. be like women that would you know they're pretty so then they you know pick somebody like well it's actually to me it's they i think they just prey on somebody they pick the right they groom them and say here i can i can use this person and he you know he'll do what i want and everything else so, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Then she, and, and i think even down the road like even the person that's not the narcissist they become powerless to um, 
to do anything because the other because they're so under the control of the narcissist. Right, they're under the spell now. They've tasted the person. They smelled that person. They've had sexual contact, the powerful orgasms, perhaps with the person. So it's really difficult at that stage to exit stage left. So you know, not 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 even to mention the. Uh, the the herpes and the communicable diseases and so on when we are mixing our uh, our our bodies with other people and we're we're basically passing along all of that to all the partners that we're engaging in and all the partners that they're engaging in so there are health reasons and then also there are psychological reasons to um, to honor somebody and to keep that energy within um, the relationship. And as a man, because I know we usually think of women as getting caught in the trap, um, as a man, did you find that you bonded and had a hard time exiting once you realized the person's character? Um, Yeah, because, well, actually, there would be warning signs that I, you know, that I would ignore. Like what? Yeah, that's, well, you know, just like, oh, Sometimes some what people say or something like, um, well, you know, like um, I don't know, like sort of like I don't know, sort of like say they're talking, you know, they're going out on, you know, they're going out all dressed up and they're going out or whatever every night or whatever sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's like uh, well, I don't, I just I, I've been married since since eighty four. Okay, but I mean before that, I I've had a lot of you know, women, like, girlfriends, but usually I'd buy them some beers or something like that. But usually I got taken advantage of that sort of thing. But um, that's because, you know, I really had low low self-esteem. Okay, and in terms of your panel one wounds, and I I forgot, where are you calling from? What what state are you in? In Toronto. Oh, Toronto, okay, all right. Fellow Canadian, okay. Right, right. I remember now. And also, um, what what um, what were your panel ones that might have led you to being taken advantage of and uh, opening up to the wrong people? Um, well, my my mom was was a narcissist, but she was like, um, I, I got a settlement from a car accident, and then she says, "Well, I'll just take a thousand dollars." Wait, say that again. You got a what from a car accident? Well, when I got some money together, my my mom just says, well, here, I'll just take $1,000. Thank you. It wasn't, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But I I think it was the verbal, like, the verbal abuse. And and then I think it's because I went on later in life, and I'm letting these people I'm working for, I'm letting them treat me like my mom did. Okay, and And that's the the blueprint I talk about. That's it. That, that's what we do. Our parents set the bar. They set the familiar and the familial temperature of um, the system. And then we go into replicating that. And you see that you did. Yeah, cause I, think, I think it's what you, like when you were saying, like you absorb everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so it's in there. And then one day when you get in, con, into some kind of trouble as well, you, I think it's kind of, that your brain is kind of saying, "Hey, well, I, it, this you know, this worked for my dad drinking and something like that." So it's kind of like, um, yeah, and I was always attracted to the like the wrong kind of people. Okay. Of so did you um, did you marry somebody yeah. wonderful? 
Yeah, yeah. How fortunate. Okay. So she's not yeah. the WTF. She's not the what the Freud. She's a better um, uh, uh, of, of character and integrity than, uh, than, than the family that you're coming out of? Yes. Did you yeah, do... Mother-in-law didn't like didn't like my. I guess they fought the first time they met, right? Okay. You know, okay. That sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I mean, um, yes, you know. So she even told some stuff to one of my girlfriends that wasn't even true. So then that kind of ended something like that. So that sort of thing. It's just too much interfering and. Okay. That sort of thing. But fortunately, but think, you did you work on yourself before you got married? Did you do some individual therapy or just... Well, when I went to school, when I was at school, the one um, guidance teacher told me about codependency because he was recognized that my parents were kind of like overusing me and stuff. Okay. So he said to me, you, you know, look, look after yourself. Because he asked me, who's the most important thing? So I said, first, my parents. And mm-hmm. then he, you know, then he explained. Oh, you know, wow. So that's, really, that's the way wow. I Okay, so so I'm I'm so glad you met this individual because he was like an enlightened witness to you and saw through the situation and maybe got you thinking um, in another direction. I know we only have a handful of minutes, and I want to shrink my tune. Blake, thank you. I know you keep in touch a lot. I really appreciate that, and um, I'm glad that you didn't do a what the Freud with your wife, and now we can get a sense of how this whole system gone wrong can lead to some pretty horrible outcomes and heartbreaks. So thank you so much for calling in and keep in touch with me and the team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Okay. Good night. Okay. Uh, Okay. So um, yeah, this is just such a sad topic and so much heartbreak and uh, maybe around Valentine's day, I can revisit this topic. Um, all right, I'm going to go to um, Shrink That Tune. And there's a tune here that uh, was written by Christina Perry, Jar of Hearts. I know I can't take one more step toward you because all that's waiting is regret. Don't you know I'm not your ghost anymore? You lost the love I loved the most. So this person is saying how invested she is and saying that she's not anybody's ghost she's not going to be following around somebody that's not investing in her i learned to live half alive and now you want me one more time and who do you think you are running around leaving scars collecting your jar of hearts wow jar of hearts and tearing love apart you're going to catch a cold from the ice inside your soul so beautifully written so don't come back for me why do you think who, who do you think you are? I hear you're asking all around if I'm anywhere to be found, but I have grown too strong to ever fall back in your arms. So this person realizes their boundaries. And I've learned to live half alive, and now you want me one more time. And then it's a repeat of who do you think you are, the ice inside your soul, and it took so long just to feel all right. So that's the recovery. That's the re, the, the de-addiction. Remember how to put back the light in my eyes. Well, that person's not putting any light back in her eyes. She's going to have to do it herself. I wish I had missed the first time that we kissed because you broke all your promises and now you're back. You don't get 
to get me back. So there are the boundaries. She's smart. She's not going back to that. And who do you think you are? Running around, leaving scars, collecting your jar of hearts, and tearing love apart. Okay. So that is the Shrink the Tune, Christina Perry, Lyrics, Jar of Hearts. And so please do connect with the Psychological Healing Center. I've been doing some mind map painting lately. And uh, tune into that. And please do uh, sign up and, 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 and become part of the, um, the viewership of the radio shows just by uh, signing up and receiving the emails and the notification. And if you'd like to learn more about the Mind Map Therapy and the, the Mind Map video series in our team, please do not hesitate to call in. And everyone is invited to get a free copy of my book, Be the Cause, Healing Human Disconnect, and another book that I wrote, which is a mystery uh, psychological thriller called Lucid darkness. And lucid darkness is something many people don't know about. But yes, it is something that I can gift to you. And uh, please ask for it if you wish. And um, it's been a pleasure as always to be here tonight and answer your questions. And thanks for calling in for those who did. And I look forward to next time. Good night, everyone.